And joining us for further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene is Chantal Marks from F&B Wealth and Investment. Chantal, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Hi, yes, it really is a good afternoon, a green market for once, well, for twice. <laughs> it really uh, is the kind of uh, rally that I, I'm like, keen to find out if it's based on relief or optimism. Uh, you know, Chantal, what is driving uh, these sentiments? So I definitely think there is some optimism, but it's it's kind of a desperate optimism, if I can if I can put it that way. Um, we have a lot of uncertainty at the moment. There's still a lot happening in terms of monetary policy. The question mark around whether or not there'll be a recession in the U.S. China's recovery being super slow, um, and the market really seems to be grabbing onto anything positive and conversely anything negative and then reacting in a pretty wild way. Mm -hmm. um, and this move that we've seen, or the moves that we've seen over the last three days, really a function of the Fed kind of slightly changing what it said after its interest rate decision, but not changing much. Still saying that they, they're talking about possible hikes, they haven't even put cuts on the table. It's going to be data dependent, kind of sticking to that rhetoric. Um, but adding this time around that the, the risks look a little bit more balanced um, relative to them being fearful that they're not doing enough. Um, and also mentioning that tighter financial conditions with those, those bond yields um, spiking up in the U.S., um, perhaps doing some of the, the legwork for the Fed. Um, and the market reaction has been um, incredible. Mm. I was also asking about the question of a U.S. recession. That last GDP print came in at 4.9%. Uh, we are seeing uh, that this economy is much stronger than we thought, but there's still a, you know, a, a conversation being had that the U.S. must see a recession uh, to bring inflation under control and that there will be an, a recession with a soft landing. Is that still uh, on the cards, Chantal? Is that how uncertain things are? So that's where a lot of the debate is centered at the moment as well. I mean, I, I guess what you really just want is you want inflation to come back closer to that 2% level. You want monetary conditions to loosen in order for risk assets to have um, some basis of support going forward. Um, I think the debate around the recession is probably secondary to, to that. Um, I don't necessarily think you require a recession to bring inflation under control, but it certainly will help bring it under control quicker. Um, and what we're seeing in the U.S. economy is that it's taking a really long time for uh, interest rate hikes to filter through to the demand side of the economy. Um, and the, the main reason for that is how mortgage, mortgage, the mortgage market is structured there. Most uh, homeowners, for example, will have fixed rate mortgages and won't necessarily be impacted immediately by an increase in interest rates. That is not the situation that we find ourselves in in South Africa, for example. So in the U.S., you need to see uh, consumers come under pressure for other reasons, decide to take on credit card debt um, or, take, or take savings out of the system um, and in that way actually force them to um, reduce their, their expenditure and in that way bring down inflation. So it's, it's a longer term game for the Fed than for, for other central banks. Um, and I think that the, the recession question is also going to take a little bit longer to, to answer. And from an equities perspective, we've seen uh, the Magnificent Seven really hold up uh, U.S. equities. I think if you strip out the effects of the Magnificent Seven, it hasn't been a good period. Now that we're having a conversation about interest rates higher for longer, can we uh, expect that trend to persist? 
Yeah, so I think when you're talking about the Magnificent Seven, you're talking about strong, very long-term thematic support. And that's really what's been driving and holding up these, share, these shares prices relative to the rest of the market. The rest of the market uh, will be more influenced by short-term cyclical factors um, and the fact that near-term earnings will probably have a bigger impact on valuations rather than for these specific companies where the expectation is that the growth will be um, kind of above normal levels uh, for quite some time into the future. Uh, but it does make these stocks quite vulnerable to, to higher bond yields. So we just need to take that into account. Um, but I do think that the thematic thrust behind these companies uh, is really what's, what's keeping them at the forefront of gains at the moment. And before we move away from the U.S., keen to get your thoughts on Apple uh, and what we've seen come out of there. There's a conversation, Chantal, that Apple is ex-growth. Um, I wondered if that is even something worth entertaining. <laughs> so I think on the hardware side, it's difficult to see where the next leg up is going to be. Um, obviously, if they come through with something super revolutionary and not just a better camera or a faster processor, um, then you could actually see that replacement cycle accelerate again. Because the situation that we have at the moment is that the new models that they're bringing out isn't really exciting consumers. They're not rushing to buy and replace their, 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 their handsets, uh, in particular when I'm, when I'm talking about, uh, well, it's, it'll be handsets and computers for that matter, because even with the Macs, you could see that the volumes are coming under pressure. But if they come out with something super exciting, that can change again. And I also don't think we must discount the impact that um, high interest rates and lower disposable income is having on some of these bigger ticket purchases. I mean, I'm certainly with a mortgage uh, not thinking about replacing my phone at the moment, where three years ago when interest rates were super low, um, I would have been first in line at the iStore to, to replace my phone. Um, what is exciting about Apple, though, is the growth in services, and I think that that can continue, um, and I think they'll continue to expand and refine that offering, um, and that's really where we're going to be looking at for the next kind of leg of growth for Apple. I'd like to bring it home now. Uh, the RAND having a good time, Chantal. Let's talk about uh, that and, you know, what that means, even for South Africa's interest rate conversation. Yes, I mean, I, I had a look at, a close look at the RAND and what's driving these movements um, earlier today. Um, and there's definitely a, a, an element of dollar weakness because you can see that the dollar has also weakened relative to the euro, which is kind of its its reference uh, cross. And then you also see that other commodity producer currencies are also um, quite strong. So in my mind, I don't see anything SA specific driving the, the RAND move at the moment, although you could you could contain that we that, that budget wasn't that bad. <laughs> it could have something to do with it. Um, a stronger RAND is, is really good for um, for the, the importers, um, it is really good for the kind of consumer-facing facing stocks that we have. Um, it's positive from a debt servicing cost perspective. It's good for fuel prices. So there's a lot of there's a lot to love around a stronger RAND. But I think a lot still needs to happen, and that strength needs to kind of solidify itself before we get too excited about a permanent step down for, for the RAND out of the, the kind of the 19 to 20 RAND trading range um, that we've almost become used to. Yeah, unfortunately. So uh, our company news, the big one today is Diskim. Let's talk about that one. Uh, they've seen uh, earnings actually fall, I'd say, sharply. Uh, and that's due to salaries. So in my mind, uh, where 
wage price inflation really bearing heavy on them? Yeah, and I mean, the, the interesting thing, just as an aside, we actually saw that um, in kind of overall wage data in South Africa, um, salaries and bonuses have increased quite substantially um, over the last few months. But what's interesting to me is that this didn't seem to be a massive issue for clicks, but it was a, a massive mm. issue for this game. Um, and when you look at this game's uh, real uh, sticky point, um, it's their gross margin. The fact that they've been really, really pushing promotional activity. So their top line looks okay. They're still losing market share to, to clicks um, and they're not growing as fast a, a pace as clicks. And they are actually cutting prices in order to get that revenue growth going. So that would be a concern to me. I think that it could probably improve. That's a lever that they will be able to, to pull. Um, and I think the nice thing about this game is that they have several other levers to pull. They're not nearly as efficiently run as a clicks, for example, which tells you that they can probably take a lot of costs out of the system and they can do a lot in terms of their working capital management. But um, certainly today's print was, was quite disappointing and I think that we need to monitor that gross profit margin level quite closely. Also interesting is that they're also still speaking about, uh, you know, expanding. And uh, I always wonder about the economic downturn we're seeing in expansion. But both Clicks and Diskim have this in common, Chantal. Let's just talk about uh, that and I guess the, the niche market that they service. Yeah, so I do think that there's still room for expansion, um, particularly in the outlying areas um, across the country um, and areas where independent pharmacies perhaps dominated um, for, for, well, dominated historically. Um, a lot of independent pharmacies are, are struggling to, to keep the doors open. Um, and things like distribution costs, for example, um, is, a major, is a major headache there. So, I mean, in terms of this game's expansion, I don't foresee these big box disc games really being the, the driving factor. I think you'll, start, you'll probably start seeing them open kind of a, a smaller store and perhaps expanding in some of the more niche areas like uh, Baby City, for example. Um, for clicks, I think there's a lot of opportunity to um, have to get pharmacies in clicks in some of the areas where they don't have pharmacies in clicks um, and driving traffic that way. Um, yeah, and I think that they, the, I think there is still scope. Obviously it's going to be slower than it was in the past. And one thing that we must just be very careful of is cannibalization. Mm -hmm. You don't want a situation where you keep on opening big box disc games or massive clickses and you're actually just taking away your own customer from a different store. Very interesting, Ashantal. I'm keen to get your stock pick in a bit, but first I'd like us to reflect on some counters that found favour with your industry peers. What we like here at the moment, uh, Salem, we, li we like the financials. I thought that was a really well-measured, uh, thoughtful, brilliant budget, uh, very well-received. Look mm -hmm. at the RAND uh, as a guidance to what the you know, what the global players think of it. Nice and strong today, too. So we're going with the banks. Uh, and in our particular case, we like First RAND. We uh, added it to our, our global portfolios a few weeks ago. Um, the best sort of uh, management of capital at the moment, uh, the loan book is, is half the size of the others, not growing as uh, nearly as fast. Uh, and the return on equity has also been pretty good now too. So under the 70 Rand level where it's trading now, uh, I think first Rand with the recovery, with the stronger Rand, with the, with the yields hopefully having peaked for now, uh, that would be my stock pick for us. Today I'm, I'm feeling uh, you know, a little bit of pick and pay. Oh. Um, you know, it's had a terrible time uh, this year, more so than the other retailers, worse than the other retailers. I think when we do the stack, I mean, at 25 Rand or wherever it is trading today, 
I mean, you're basically getting everything, uh, including like half of Boxer for free because we, we value Boxer at about 40 Rand a share. We've got, um, you know, the liquor business at probably a Rand or two a share with the clothing business about 10 or 15 Rand a share, whatever it is. So at the current price, you're getting, and then the corporate business is detracting a little bit from the valuation, but it, 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 for us, it can't be worth zero. And I think there's a lot of uh, easy wins to be had out of uh, pick and pay. They do have a bit of a balance sheet issue, potentially. They've cut the dividend. Yeah. But I think with the new, with the old slash new CEO coming coming back into the fold, um, she's got a lot of easy wins. She's someone who knows the business and uh you know, there's potential there for them to be able to unlock that trap value in pick and pay. So I think we like pick and pay. Motus, Motus. trading on around five times earnings. It's been very defensive in what can only be described as a very tough environment. Rates have been pushed aggressively higher. Interest rates have been, um, you know, sorry, the rand has gone higher. Everything's Everything and anything that can be going wrong for a consumer-facing durable goods company is what's happening now. Mm. I think from here... The likelihood of things improving over the next 6, 12, 18 months becomes quite meaningful and you're buying, it's a very cheap entry into that better SA picture. And if you if you, if you subscribe to that opportunity set that things can get a little better from here, this is quite a nice way to play it. In the meantime, they are paying you 7.5% dividend yield. Um, they are quite cash generative. Given the fact that it's very cyclical, I like the management. So I think it's a quite a nice way to get some SA facing exposure over the next 12 months. All right, so I'm keen to get your thoughts on those counters, first round of pick and pay and motors. <laughs> yes, so I mean, with first round, I think that, that is a, that's a pretty good call. I think the, the banks generally still have a, a ways to go in terms of um, kind of re-rating post the, the dip that we saw a, a few weeks ago. First round in particular, after really good results, was was sold off on rumors that Aldemore, its, its UK bank, was going to buy another UK bank. And it seems as if those rumors have kind of faded towards the background again, which which does, I think, provide comfort to investors that the, the capital allocation path that they're on at the moment is probably um, the right one. It's not throwing money into the UK as a, as a potential growth market so i think that i i really like that pick it's been sold off quite a bit it's still quite expensive relative to the likes of a, a standard bank and absa and a and a net bank but i think that you get a more defensive um kind of banking exposure through owning first round um to i think it was next point um then pick and pay bold call um yeah i mean i think that the the downside is quite limited from here i mean i had a closer look at the balance sheet a couple of days ago um and if you strip out leases and just look at the debt that needs to be serviced the kind of interest bearing debt from a longer term perspective uh, they are still fine with servicing their debt so i'm not necessarily concerned around something like a like a right to offer um diluting shareholders um and i absolutely agree that some of the if you go outside of that core grocery business and into areas like um 
like clothing and liquor and boxer. Um, these are some really solid businesses. And I think that that's probably going to be a growth vector for them. And then you've got the opportunity to turn around the core grocery business. Um, and then finally, Motus. So I really like Motus as well. It is cheap as chips. Mm-hmm. I think you could have a little bit more volatility over the next few few months. But once that clarity around interest rate cuts or potential interest rate cuts start coming through, I think it is going to be an absolute flyer. And which counter are you going with this afternoon, Chantal? So my counter is an old favorite that became less of a favorite, but that is a favorite again based on valuation, and that's African Rainbow Capital. Okay. So um, the stock has been under a lot of pressure. I mean, over the last few days, we, we've seen SA Inc. doing very, very well. Um, African Rainbow Capital has continued to trend lower. Um, I think that the companies that they have within that, that holding company structure is ex- exceptionally strong. Um, I really rate the management team. It's trading at an over 50% discount to its net asset value. Don't tell me fees. <laughs> That's not, it's not about the fees. Mm-hmm. This thing is cheap. Um, yeah. And I see scope for a re-rating there and, and a possibility of a takeout because mm-hmm. management has said they're not so keen to be to be listed anymore because of that discount to NAB. So um, a, a really nice one that, that, that I'm happy to be involved with again. Fantastic. Uh, great to wrap up the week with you, Chantal. Thank you so much for speaking to us this afternoon. That was your Midday Markets Update with Chantal Marks from F&B Wealth and Investments.